Welcome to Live, Lead, and In Between. My name is Travis Jones, and I am the host for the show. Today's topic, Rules of Engagement. All right, today's topic comes from a multitude of people interactions that I've had over the course of my professional career in both the secular world as well as the church world. Uh, I was in sales for a long, long time where I operated and interacted with people constantly about helping them to meet their needs uh, with specific products and services. And in the church world, my interactions have been based around everything from problem solving to listening to problems, but the constant in both arenas has been people. And I don't know if you know this or not, but or perhaps resemble this, uh, but people are complex and somewhat messy. Um, I'm, I'm included in that that definition. But every interaction that we have leaves an imprint, some good, some bad uh, on both us and others. So I've often wished there were the rules for engagement. Now, I know that the military has them. And, and we're, when we go into an armed conflict, uh, they have these rules of engagement that they operate by. Um, and I thought, well, you know what? That's that's a decent thing to explore when it comes to our people interactions. And as leaders, I think one area that is worth exploring with people is the the, the engagement that we have with one another uh, and those we lead. Uh, and there's no there's no way this will be an exhaustive list, but I hope it'll be helpful. So, so as we go through these, these are the rules of engagement that I've came up with that I've kind of figured out along the way. And um, I'm sure you could add probably eight or nine more, or maybe yours are slightly different or will be slightly different. That's okay. Uh, but as we go through these rules, um, just just think through them and your interactions as a leader and how those how those things work out. So, so first, I wanted to start off with let's let's define the the military version of what the rules of engagement are. Right. So you can look these up. Uh, the formal rules of engagement engagement refer to the orders issued by a competent military authority that w- delineate when, where, how, and against whom military force may be used. And they have implications from what actions soldiers may take on their own authority or what directives may be issued by a commanding officer. Now, I know that's a mouthful. Um, and I, I do want to mention that we're not looking at our interactions with others as a militant operation uh, against an enemy because people are not the enemy. Uh, but I, I, I think it's good to kind of define that, kind of see where that lands and how that falls. Uh, because, you know, anytime you're using a term that's already out there, it, you know, you want to see how that kind of lands and falls with this. So uh, what I've, again, came up with is kind of a short list. Uh, and I want to kind of run through the list. And I've got seven rules. Uh, I don't know why I have seven rules. It's just I have seven rules, right? So um, I'm just going to run through them. And then I'm going to go through each one. And we're kind of going to talk through what those rules are. So uh, I'm just going to run through them real quick. Rule number one integrity in every interaction that's number one rule rule number two if you don't care they don't care Uh, rule number three is people are never to be used rule number four always assume the best never the worst rule number five never lead in anger and that's a big one rule number six get out of the way and rule number seven is always be ready to receive input from those that you lead. So, so each one of those rules has some, some thoughts behind it. And I want to kind of roll through what those thoughts are today. So rule number one, I, I, again, was integrity in every interaction. So, so what's this rule all about? This rule is about not being divided in thought as well as being honest in every situation. 
Now, one of the best things you can do for your team or those that you lead is to be present when you are with them. Now, I'm not talking about physically present because nowadays you can lead virtually. Um, I mean, we have meetings all the time where at least one person or two or three people are zooming in. So they're present for those. And I know that's a little more difficult, but I'm, I'm talking about being mentally present. And this is easier said than done because we're human. And this rule also really well applies to family interactions as well. Being present is one of the greatest gifts that you can actually give your family. But when you are present and fully engaged, you are showing your team members and those you lead that both their time is valuable and they are too. There's nothing worse than an internally distracted leader attempting to still run a meeting. Now, I want to give you permission to postpone or reschedule that meeting if you know that you're going to be distracted. Now, <laughs> I, I say that laughingly, but really, as leaders, you need to have that 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 unction that allows you to do that. So I'm going to repeat that. If you know that you're going into a meeting or you've got to run something or even teach uh, a class or a training, and you know that you've got a distraction thing happening uh, in your mind internally, you got other things going on because life happens, I want to give you permission to postpone or reschedule that meeting because you can't give it your best. Um, and again, I say not that you need my permission, but someone needs to say it. I have, I've been in interactions where my, my oversight was completely distracted by something else. And I left the meeting thinking, what a waste of time. I've also been in the lead seat and been distracted when I was supposed to be engaged. And after the fact, I thought I should have rescheduled that. And you know what happened? I had to have another meeting and drag folks back into it because I wasn't fully there the first time and that's not fair to them and it doesn't value them. So being present is a, is a huge, huge thing. Um, now being honest is the other part of this rule. Now I know what you're thinking, Travis, if I'm honest with those I lead, I won't be leading him for, for that much longer. Uh, they'll leave, <laughs> right? Well, sure. If you share the truth from anything other than a place of love, you're right. You won't be leading for long. Uh, The truth simply shared without any care for any other person can do damage, but the truth shared in love brings growth and healing. So be honest. And I say be honest, not mean, right? Because sometimes honesty can come across or being blunt can come across as as mean. If you're sharing the truth and love, you're not going to do that. So, So rule number one, integrity in every situation and interaction. Integrity in every interaction is how I have it listed. Rule number two is if you don't care, they don't care. Now, this rule of engagement is about relationship. Relationships are the currency of heaven. That's like one of my favorite statements. I don't even know who said it, but I love it. If you don't care about those you are leading, you're in for a world of hurt because they won't care either. And when people know that you genuinely care about them, they will walk barefoot through the Sahara Desert to get you a glass of water. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is the one where David laments and wishes he wishes for a drink of water from a certain well in a territory of the king who's trying to kill him. It's occupied, right? It's occupied territory, but he's like, he makes this statement. I'm not going to give you the address of the, the scripture that it's in. I want you to go look it up. But what his followers do is they fight their way to the well and they get him a drink. Why did they do that? They did that because they knew he cared for them and that he would do the same. And if you want to accomplish great things with your team and those you lead, focus on caring for them, not out of what you can get from them, but out of a place of understanding that they matter. And this actually brings me to rule number three, which was, it's a huge one. Rule number three uh, of engagement, the third rule of engagement that I've come up with is people are never to be used. I'm going to repeat that again, because sometimes we do it unintentionally. And then there's other times that we do it intentionally. 
right? So people are never to be used. This is one of the worst abuses of authority and in leadership that I can think of. Not to mention, it comes from a place of fear and selfishness when it happens. People are not a means to an end. People are the greatest resource and gift on the planet. Your job as a leader is to help them realize their potential gifts. And when you do this, things get accomplished and people grow. So people are never to be used. Your job as a leader is to lead them to growth. Leader, leaders who, who, who use people hurt people and hurt themselves because a position of leadership is actually a position of service. And the best leaders I have ever known are those who lead people with, I should say, <laughs> those who lead with people and don't lord over people. That's kind of where I was going with that. So people are never to be used, never to be used. So that's rule number three. People are never to be used. Rule of engagement number four. Always assume the best, never the worst. Now, this rule has bitten me more times than I can count before I realized that it was a rule. <laughs> this rule is also hard, uh, especially hard if you have been let down or disappointed by someone that you lead. Our tendency as humans is to always be towards the negative because we don't like the feeling of being let down. So if we assume the worst, then when we're prepared to handle the disappointment better. Most of the time, though, we're, we're dead wrong. When I assume the best, I'm putting everyone on equal footing until they prove me otherwise. And if it turns out to be the case, I still get to deal with it, but I get to slow down the process and deal with it with all the facts versus pre-dealing with it with some speculation. And speculation is never, never good, um, especially when it comes to those you lead. If you are prone to assume the worst, this is going to be a hard thing for you to do. It's going to be a hardship for you to turn and could take some time and effort, but I promise you it will be worth it because if you don't assume the best, then you will walk in to situations already having the speculative things in your mind that you think are the worst case scenarios and you've already dealt with them in your mind and are ready to hand out the repercussions as a result of that. And just remember the majority of time we're wrong when it comes to that. Our assumptions uh, make an ass of us and everybody else, right? All right. So let's remember that because it's, it's worth doing. Assuming the best never puts you in a place of weakness. It always puts you in a place of strength and those you lead as well. So that's rule number four. Rule number five. Now we have seven of these uh, and this is number five. Rule of engagement. Rules of engagement. Number five. Never lead in anger. <clears throat> now this one. Oh, this one. I have been on the receiving end uh, that has dished out this, this rule. I've been a receiver of someone that has led in anger. And here's what I've learned. Uh, you can be angry and not stupid at the same time. Uh, and, and so, so many times our interactions are angry and stupid. They were angry, and I, I'm just being blunt when I say it, but angry and stupid hold hands and sing while they do all kinds of damage. Scripture says it's not a sin to be angry, but when you let anger control you, then you're stepping into that. And that's when you turn into what I lovingly call an idiot. Um, I know that's a strong word to call someone, but I've been one. Um, I have also learned that our responses when we are angry say more about what's going on with us than they do about anyone else. And if you don't believe that, take some internal inventory and, and, and look through the last time that you responded in anger uh, in, in, with a situation with those you lead or you spoke out. You probably right after that thought, I shouldn't have done that, right? You had immediate regret because of the way that you led that moment. And now leaders who lead in anger 
and, and anger become dictators that create a culture of fear in the area that they lead. They create turnover in a team that they lead, and they also never achieve the results they're desperate for because they're leading in a, in a fear-based mentality. And here's the other thing. The, the turnover in the team and, and uh, the uh, results that aren't achieved are a direct result of the team feeling afraid, to be honest, due to the repercussions that they'll experience or what they've experienced. So the bottom line is this. When you lead in anger, you dig a hole with those you lead and grease the sides. And the only way out of that is humility and apology. And trust me, I've been there, so I'm not speaking from a place of of uh, a high, <laughs> high, high pedestal here. Uh, I have had to be humble and had to apologize to those I've lead because I've led in anger from time to time. And, uh, you know, that's one of my rules of engagement now. If ever I fall or feel myself falling into that, I take a deep breath and stop. I may even switch the subject matter so that I don't step into it. So I'd encourage you to do the same with that. Remember, because, you know, I was very strong. I said, you can be angry and not stupid at the same time. And so many times in our interactions, angry and stupid hold hands and sing while doing all kinds of damage uh, to the relationships and, and the team that we lead. So that's rule number five. Rule number six is get out of the way. Now, as a leader, here's what I know about you. You want to get things done. You want to look good doing it, and you have a picture in your mind of how it should look and how it should go. So you tend to stick your hands on a lot of things in order to ensure that reality happens. But I need you to hear this from me, and I need, I'm need i going to say this lovingly. You, a lot of times, are in the way. Now, I'm, I, I am this. <laughs> I have to remember this. I have to remember to get out of the way. You have a team, and your team is there for a reason. So let your team be who they are. And, and get out of the way. A lot of leaders have self-esteem problems, especially when it comes to this. If someone on their team is better at something than them, they feel threatened and try to show them up. You know, newsflash. Here's what I'll say to you about that. You're not the smartest person in the room. You just got there first. And thank God you have a team who's better at what they do than you. Because if you tried to do it all, nothing would get done. With the exception of you being admitted to the hospital for a breakdown. I mean, literally, you think about that. If you try to put your hands on everything, everything crashes because that's not how things are supposed to go. As a leader, you need to know when to get out of the way. And, and, and when you do that, you let your team's motor run on all eight cylinders. Otherwise, you keep the team idle and stalling the forward progress that you're so desperate for. So put your ego to bed, get a cup of coffee, and watch your team go. You know, yes, apply pressure when needed, but your hands are needed far less than you think. What is needed is the big picture. So let's hope you have it. Now, this brings us to rule number seven. And uh, this one is it can be difficult for leaders to absorb. Uh, it was difficult for me to absorb until I realized that it's a huge, huge principle uh, for rule number seven of engagement is always be ready to receive input from those you lead. Insecurity is one of the most unattractive qualities in a leader. Why, you might ask? Well, because insecurity can cause you to make one bad decision after another, and, and that leads to that hole that you dug earlier, right? You can dig a hole with your insecurity. Now, being a secure leader, on the other hand, is attractive. And notice that I didn't say cocky, right? Uh, you can be secure and not cocky. You can be secure and confident. Um, I mean secure in who you are and what you're called to do. And a secure leader has the ability to do something that an insecure leader cannot, and that's receive input. Being about to receive input 
Now, let me rephrase that. Being about it, right? Uh, receiving input from those you lead about your leadership is a skill that I believe every leader should develop. Uh, I noticed I didn't say you're born with it. You have to develop that because you have to put your ego aside with it. Something that you need to know is that you have blind spots. I have blind spots and your team sees them even if you don't. And if you give them permission, they'll help you avoid a catastrophe. So just a recap real quick of the rules of engagement. Number one, integrity in every interaction with your team, every interaction, even beyond your team. Rule number two, if you don't care, they don't care. Um, Rule number three, people are never to be used. Rule number four, always assume the best, never the worst. Rule number five, never lead in anger. Rule number six, get out of the way. And then rule number seven is always be ready to receive input from those that you leave, that you lead, excuse me. So I I think that's, and I could probably keep going with some different rules of engagement, but I think seven's a good number. It's the number of completion. Um, so, you know, I hope this has been helpful. And as always, if it has, please, 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 please review the podcast, share it uh, so that others may be helped by it. I, I, I love feedback. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm still new to the podcast game, so I haven't really gotten a whole lot of feedback. And we're still trying to grow the listener base here. But I love the interaction feedback. And I believe there's an option that you can actually leave little voice messages um, when it comes to the show here. So um, I'd encourage you to do that. Now, I also want to say that one more thing before we go today is um, – I believe that it's important to have seasons where you can recharge and reset uh, with things. And with that said, Live, Lead, and In Between will be taking the summer off. Uh, and we'll return in the fall with some fresh new content. So be on the lookout. Uh, and if you haven't already, subscribe so you can get that. And I'm going to put out some teasers probably in July when I've had a chance to, to go through my list of different topics and, and content that that uh, we'll be working through uh, for, for this uh, season. So again, um, as always, my name is Travis Jones, and this has been Live, Lead, and In Between. Be blessed and lead well. <laughs>